Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. I want to invite my wife up here as we are wrapping up this series. I've had the privilege, I got uh, talked her into doing this with me. And, uh, and so, don't you think she's done a good job? I think she's done a very good job. She's very un, she is very uncomfortable with doing this. And I was like, babe, I think it's good for us to do this sometimes. And so we've done, if you're new with us, this, we've just ended up a series. We've preached together for the last uh, four weeks. And so, babe, you've done awesome. So thanks for doing this with me. It's been a blast. And, um, anyways, but we are in the fourth and final part of a series that we've just called Beloved, and it's a take, a little play on the word beloved, uh, which again, you've heard me say, uh, a word we don't use enough. Um, beloved is just this beautiful romantic word, and, and we, don't, we don't use it enough, and it feels a little old, it feels a little antiquated, but um, it is a word that is so active, that it's not just... So, indicate that you are loved, that there's this being loved, it's active, it's ongoing. And, and so we've been looking at what it means to simply be loved. All of us are wired for love. We desire love. It's built into us. But when we're, we're born into a broken world, we're born into uh, to parents who love us the best they can and they have their own hurts and frustrations and failings along the way and and, and then in a in a family that has its levels of brokenness into a, a culture and a community that has its levels of brokenness and and we're not loved perfectly as we grow but yet we long to be loved and so we begin to find workarounds, and we begin to create ways to, to harvest love and, and to get love, and we turn it into this love economy and this love exchange, and we talked about that a lot in week one, and that it's not that at all. We're simply, our original design, when we, when we backtrack this all the way to before sin and brokenness entered in, we were created in an environment of love. We were created to just simply be loved by God, and the first human interaction was took place in that perfect environment, and, and there was just there was just love and immediate acceptance, immediate acceptance. When we go back to where the where God the Father presents Eve to Adam, it's just immediate acceptance, and we were created for that. We were created to just simply be loved, and sadly, we're not very good at it. We're not good at just being loved. And so um, this, this pod, not this podcast, this, we do have a podcast that goes along with this. But this series is about um, learning that. And so if you've got your Uversion app open, if you've got your bulletin open, um, we've gone back to this concept over and over again. That when you know how to actually be loved, you can learn how to actually live. When we know how to just simply be loved, then we can learn how to live. And until we learn how to just be loved, all of our living is going to have a limp to it. It's all going to have a little bit of brokenness to it. And we've come into the, the Song of Solomon, and it's this, this beautiful exchange between these two people that deeply care for one another. And, and there is this, this bedrock truth that is 
there in the middle of it that keeps showing up in Song of Solomon. That, that there it says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. This, is the, this should be the, the heart of every person in our relationship with God. That we know that we are fully God's. That he loves us and that therefore he can be fully ours. We don't have to have any reservations about letting him really be Lord in our lives and giving ourselves back to him. That that is what this is about. And then we've looked at this truth in 1 John 4, 16. That so we know and rely on the love God has for us. All of our connections of faith are based on the fact that God loves us. The reason we can do the thing of trusting him to provide for our needs is because he loves us. The reason we can trust him to, to, to love others even when they're not loving and we're following the prompting of the Holy Spirit because God's loving us. We, we were trusting in his love. We know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. See, this, this concept of just simply being loved by God and living in love and understanding that, knowing and relying on it, it answers so many questions. Love answers the question of identity. Um, a while back, I don't know how many years ago it was, probably a few, Kenan and Colin were hanging out. Now, in our home, we may be a little odd, but when Colin was born, everybody, all the oldest five were quite a bit older. And Kenan would tell Colin all the time, I'm your prince. You're my princess. So it has carried on for eight years. I'm sorry. It's not weird. It is completely normal, and you're all missing it. And uh, so they were hanging out one day after school. Colin is now eight. And what grade is she in? Second grade. She's in second grade. I'm going to cry. Anyways, and so I think this was around kindergarten, and the two of them were hanging out. He likes to take them, each one of them, on little coffee dates. And so they go to Starbucks. Anyways, and so they're hanging out, and he said, Colin, how good was your day today? And if you've ever had a conversation with Colin, you know that she's going to think about this for a moment. Well... It was about up to Jesus' knee. <laughs> about up to Jesus' knee. We still don't know what that means. Here's what we, we, what we do know. Is that Jesus should be our benchmark for life. Jesus should be what we're measuring everything by. And what a kindergartner meant that her day was about to Jesus' knee. I mean, uh, did she just say she needed a little more Jesus? I, I don't, I don't sure know. I've had those days. I, I'm not exactly sure. But it, obviously the day was not all that it could have been. But my takeaway was is that, praise God, that that was her benchmark. That she was going to look to see how good a day was that all of Jesus was as good as it was going to get. And that if the day was a little bit, it's because somehow Jesus was missing in that day a little bit. And that should be our benchmark, our identity, how we identify things and connect with things and see things should be through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of who he is and what he has done. And that has to be the, the, the way we identify things. This concept that I am my beloved's. That is our place of identity. And we begin to operate out of it, then that allows us to genuinely begin to be who we were called to be, which is a loving people. 
And then that identity begins to spill out. It's not just an internal that I recognize who I am, that I am my beloved's and, and my beloved is mine. Then we begin to, to respond to other people in a, a loving way. And then all of a sudden, other people on the outside identify who we are and who we are connected with. John 13, 35 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Loving others should be our first response. I find that very difficult. I feel like I should not be preaching this. It shows that we are Jesus' disciples. I constantly have to remind myself, especially when I'm at a basketball game, that my kids are playing in. And the first row just said yes, amen. Because I can find myself being the loudest one and not saying such nice things to our own team. No, no bleep button is needed, by the way. This, this, no. This, this, well, probably I should have a mute but, button, but it's not anything. I've prayed for one. It doesn't exist. <laughs> we have to love, love, love. You love him. I'm going to put something in my mouth. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Romans, we're just going to move on. Romans 12, 10 says, so be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I may not be the wisest one sitting in the basketball stands, I guess. And I need to love them and encourage them way more than I just remind them of where they've failed. 1 John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. Our reactions prove that God is love. It shows the other person just like I didn't just punch Pastor Brian in the throat. <laughs> I loved him. I'm feeling it. Love. I'm feeling it. If I am not loving, I am not being who I was created to be. And that is the thing that gets me. When I am not being who I am created to be, I remind myself on a regular basis, even though I believe I am quite wise, I need to share it with everyone, that if I am not being loving and I am not encouraging, and I am not sharing the love of Christ. I am not being all that I am created to be, no matter how freaking smart I think I am. I'm not. I'm not being loving. Matthew 22, 36 through, I just said freaking, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we bleep that out? Matthew 22, 36 through 40 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, oh, the second is just like it. I need to put my glasses on. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
It comes down to just that, just loving God and loving others. That is what it is about. And the reason for it, everything else, every other law, every other commandment, every other thing that should be done falls within the framework of loving God and loving others. And the reason that all the good that God has for us falls within that framework of loving God and loving others is this truth that love is the ground where good grows. That's the ground where good grows. Love is where it happens. And when we're able to function and connect and operate in love, that is where the, the ground, the good grows. Let's look at Romans 8, 28. Because sometimes you're like, Brandon, there's a lot of not good in my life. But the thing is, is God wants to bring some good even out of the stuff that's not so good. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't say that he caused all things. It doesn't say that God is the, is the author of all of those things. But it said in all things, even in the places of pain, even in the places where, where people have done you wrong, even in places where you have, have messed up yourself. If we will be in a place and we'll walk this out, that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. We just bring it back to him. No matter what mess we've made, we come back and we hold on to him. And when we put all of that into the ground of love, God can make something beautiful grow up out of it. He can make something amazing grow up out of it if we will bring it into him. We will put it in him. We hang on to him. We know to those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We bring even the broken things, even the frustrating things, and we bring it into him and we hang on to him. We love him. We say, God, I believe that you can bring a beautiful purpose out of this. And God, over and over and over again, We'll do that. Loving God gives the opportunity for everything to grow up into something good. But sometimes, sometimes we don't want to be connected with the, with the ground of love. Because sometimes it could just seem to be exhausting. It's like love is effort. Yes, love is not passive. Love is effort, and sometimes we can just see what love entails, and we're just like, you know what? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm just not ready to put forth the effort of love. Today is Colin story time. So um, when Colin was about three, I'm going to guess it, she was young, and uh, we were around our house. It's busy. We're busy people. Some of us are busier than others. And um, we were putting, if, if you're doing anything in our house, you're doing laundry also. So just so you know, with nine of us in the home, the machines are always going. They're always washing. They're always drying. So you're either putting a load in, you're either moving it over, you're throwing a load on the table to be folded later, like next week. Um, <laughs> you just dig through there and find what you need. Uh, that... <laughs> And so it's a lot. And so I think one day we were, I think I was putting her to bed. And while I was putting her to bed, what was I doing? I was putting away stuff, putting away clothes, putting away laundry. I usually, we have a two-story house. I don't climb the stairs unless I have to. And so I, if I'm going up, a load goes with. And so I was putting it away, and she was like, Mom, 
don't think I want to be a mom when I grow up. I was like, epic fail as a mother. That I have somehow scarred my child at three years old that she does not want to be a mom when she grows up. She was like, it's way too much work. And I said, girl, you don't even know. Now, I'm just going to show y'all a picture from this morning. This morning. Pastor Brandon and I are, well, we rehearse in the mornings uh, before we get here. It's just a little secret. And um, we get the little knock on the door. Colin comes in. She was like, uh, I need to talk to you. And I was like, you're going to have to wait a minute. We're almost done. We're trying to beat the clock. And she said, um, Pressy got slime all in her hair. And I was like, okay, I'll deal with it in a minute. So she comes in afterwards, and she was like, are y'all done? Because you need to fix this. Now, she's fully dressed, fully ready. Oh, yeah. I had everybody ready to walk out the door to come when Pastor to church showed up. this morning. I was so on it. My bed is even made. I mean, I was on it this morning, yes. And then this walks in. And so I'm picking the slime out of her hair. And I'm thinking, this is not bad. I don't know what they're freaking out about. Remember the story about the suburban door? And so... Uh, I'm like, this is great. This, Prissy, this is easy. I'm getting it out. It's coming out real easy. And she was like, oh, that's good. But what about the back? And I was like, no, I got it all. And she was like, um, nope. No, you didn't. And I, she's wearing all of her hair in a bun today. And I look down and here's. What had to be removed. Yeah. So that this was, week was... I'm going to be finding a hairdresser to fix. That what I did. To, that had to be cut out today. I didn't know what else to do. How do you get that out? I mean, vinegar gets it out of the carpet, but I wasn't going to put it in my girl's hair. So I just grabbed the scissors. And it's real cute, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't late to church. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't. It's a lot of work to be a mom. Now, what's so funny is when Colin said, you know, um, Mom, I don't... Uh, um, I don't want to be a mom. Oh, I, I, it's part. too much work. She said, um, I think I'll just be a doctor. <laughs> this is the level of work she saw in motherhood. And so I kid you not, that is exactly what she said. But sometimes we can, we can be reluctant that good grows in love, but love does take some effort. You got to be involved. You got to be in the thick of it. It's not clean, and, and sometimes there is a mess, and you got to deal with things. You just got it just right, and then all of a sudden the new mesh comes up. And love is, is it's, it takes a lot of energy. But James 1:17 says, "Every good and perfect gift is from above. It's a, per, a good and perfect gift from coming down from the Father of, of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is love." Guess what? A new situation, God is love. A new situation, God is love. Cotton candy slime in the hair, God is love. And his response is going to be love, 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 love every time. And love sometimes can feel like it's exhausting. And it's not about earning good. These are good and perfect gifts. They're not, they're not things we're earning. It's, but it's simply about being where the good grows. God is love and, and, and love is the ground where good grows. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. 
Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he said, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Here on initially, Jesus is telling this parable. And, uh, and to be able to, first off, understand the God's patience and God working his plan for redemption for humanity. You know, here is this parable about this guy who, who opens up his field, sows in some good seed in, and then an enemy comes in and, and sows weeds. And now there's a mess. There's this mixed mess. And, and so many times we can look at, the, at our world and we can see some, some beautiful people and some beautiful things that we really like and then some really painful things. And, and we can be like the, 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 the workers that say, hey, let's, let's just get rid of all the bad element. Let's just get it all out. And Jesus is dealing with this in us. Remember, we're the ones who care about the, 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 the field here. That so many times we can be the judgy ones that say, you know what, let's just go ahead and get the bad element out of here so that we can just enjoy the good. And here is a beautiful picture of God's grace. He says, you know what, don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. There's good growing there. We'll deal with all of the, all of the weeds. We'll deal with all the stuff later. Let's just let the good continue to grow. And you know what? And we will sort this stuff out later. Let's just focus on the good because I don't want to damage the good to try to, out, to pull up all the weeds. And so many times if we get so weed focused in our life, we will miss the good. There's good growing in your life. God's got good stuff going on, and so many times we can get so focused on the stuff that isn't quite right, we can miss it and want to just tear everything up because there's some, some painful stuff. On a different level, this can be reflective of us being unwilling to open our hearts sometimes, unwilling to love because we open up and we're willing to love and we're willing to do that, and good stuff gets planted in, but guess what? There will be those who take advantage of your loving heart. There will be those. There will be those who take advantage of your graciousness. There will be those who take advantage of your generosity. There will be those who take advantage of your patience. There will be those who take advantage of all of those different things in your life. And so many times you can say, oh, that's not supposed to have happened. Let's just, let's just scrape this and let's just start over and we begin to close up. But we will miss out. We will miss out on all the beauty and the good if, if we don't remember, remember who we are. And these people we're wanting to, to, to negate, God sees them very differently. He knows who they are. They're made in his image. Just because they're not acting right and responding right doesn't mean that God's plan isn't, isn't actively at work. And then one day we're going to see the light turn on and then understand who Jesus is and what he has done. And we have to keep the right perspective. So we read this on Facebook a while back and we wanted to share it. 
So I'm going to read it to you. An elderly man hurried to his 8 a.m. doctor's appointment and wanted to finish up quickly. The doctor asked, what was the hurry? He replied, I have breakfast with my wife at 9 o'clock every day here at the hospital. The doctor asked about his wife's condition. The man replied that his wife has had Alzheimer's and hasn't known who he is for the last five years. The doctor asked, why the rush? Why do you keep going back if she doesn't have any idea who you are? And the man replied, because I still know who she is. That, that story chokes me up every time. Because that was why God was able, while we were yet sinners, to send Christ, his son, to die for us. We didn't know who he was. We didn't remember who he was. We didn't interact with him in the right way. And God just kept showing up to breakfast every day because he knew who we were. He knew who he designed us to be. He didn't determine his response based on whether or not we responded right to him. God sent his son based on who he knew us to be. And praise God, it's because of that grace Folks, that is why we have to change the lens. So many times somebody does us wrong and we can want to respond based on the wrong. But if we'll put the lens on that, I know who you really are. This isn't who you really are. You were made in the image of God. You were made to have a relationship with God. God's got better for you than that. And I'm going to interact with you based on that. I'm going to interact with you based on the good. I'm going to begin to interact on this place of love. Can you imagine can you imagine a group of people in a community interacting with everyone based on how God sees them? Not based on how they respond to you, but based on how God sees them. It will change everything. Good will begin to grow up in that community based on love. Love makes an eternal difference. And love lasts. Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. And the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And, of course, the most known passage of scripture around uh, what's referred to as the gospel in a nutshell, John 3.16, has this, has this framework, this eternal framework. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have ever lasting life have eternal life that is what the impact that love has it's not just a moment it doesn't just change things in it for a second it has forever kind of impact and again our bottom line this week is we love because god first loved us folks we can truly love we can truly love when we learn how to simply be loved as we have wrapped up this series, I hope that you're seeing that God just loves you. He's not trying to get you to jump through a bunch of hoops and earn his love. He's not trying to do all that. He has demonstrated his love while you didn't care. That's how much he loves you. you the, our relationship with God starts with that. It carries on with that. Everything is based on that framework that he has chosen to love us. And that if when we learn to simply be loved by him, that begins to shape everything about who we are as people. It begins to change everything. And then all of this stuff that's not of him begins to just 
be shifted and transformed as we just let God love us. We just let him love us, and that's where the transformation comes from. It's not from doubling down and trying harder and turning over a new leaf. It comes from simply being loved. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.